How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? Welcome to Lent. This is our 40, this is the first Sunday of our 40-day journey toward the cross of Christ. Christ. This is a season of self-examination and repentance, fasting, prayer and self-denial, and reading and meditating on God's holy word. As we make this journey, we know full well that the cross of Good Friday does not hold the final word. But just as we cannot jump from Palm Sunday to Easter, we cannot jump from from Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday of Lent today to Easter. Our journey together will be transformative. It will be a continuation of the transfiguring work of God, which we explored last Sunday. So each of us can expect to be transformed, but more importantly, we can expect to be transformed as Christ's body. This journey will stretch us, moving us from complacency and complicity towards courage. Courage to address our individual and corporate responsibility in the racial divide plaguing our communities and beyond. So this Sunday, we begin with a psalm of lament. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy exalt over me? Consider me and answer me, O my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. The lament of the psalmist is a petition to God for God to address the distress being experienced by the psalmist. Psalms of lament tell the truth of the suffering that is smothering our worthiness, our dreams, our ability to work together for a better tomorrow, writes Dr. Emily Towns, Dean of Vanderbilt University Divinity School. Dr. Towns continues, naming these horrors in an unrestrained lament helps mold us into a people who respond with an empathetic no to the way our nation and our communities of faith are turned into graven images of hatred and despair. But none of us can pray these prayers of lament, the Psalms, without having our prayers, our earnest laments added to the generations of those who have prayed these prayers before us and those who are praying them now. So just as the psalmist cried out generations ago, when we pray the same prayer, how long, Lord? Our pleas of distress are added to the generations upon generations who have prayed these prayers. So we ask, how long, Lord? Forever? How long will we sit idly by while the byproducts 
of the racial segregation that we tolerate Monday through Saturday stares us in the face on Sunday morning. How long, Lord? How long will we ignore the systemic inequalities we allow to be embedded in nearly everything that we do? From driving a car or shopping at Target to presumptions of innocence or guilt, our skin color predetermines initial encounters that we will have with police, strangers, friends, and yes, even our family members. So we ask, Lord, how long? In addition to our holy scriptures, we are going to be using Jamar Tisby's book, How to Fight Racism, as a guiding text for the coming weeks. We're going to study this text together. And Tisby is convinced that Christianity must be included in the fight against racism as a matter of responding to the past. The church's past. Our past. As Christianity moved out of Western Europe, it forgot that from the very beginning, as our kids pointed out to us, that as the dust settled on the creation of the world, as God was assembling bone and knitting flesh, humanity was created in the image of God. So we ask, how long, Lord, will we forget that you said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness? To be a courageous congregation is to take seriously that since its arrival in North America, the church has been established on the backs of black and brown bodies, thanks to a legal document that was produced by Christ's body. Issued by Pope Alexander VI, papal bull Inner Cetera, written in 1493, predates the arrival of the first enslaved persons to North America, which happened in 1619. And this papal bull, this document, set the tone for how our nation, communities, and yes, even our churches were formed. This document asserted the rights of European Spanish Christians to colonize, convert, and enslave, all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This document also justified enslaving Africans and transporting them across the Atlantic Ocean, tearing families apart and setting the stage for generations of enslavement and trauma. So before the pilgrims arrived at Plymouth Rock seeking religious freedom, before the Continental Congress separated church and state, before John Wesley found his horse and rode his circuit through Georgia, the church in North America grew, evangelized, and converted, forgetting that all of humanity, spanning race, geography, and time, all of us are created in God's image. Mago Day. So we ask, how long, Lord? Part of the lament that we lift about our role, active and passive, comes when the veil of ignorance is lifted from our eyes, and the lifting of this veil is a continuation of the transfiguring work of God. Growing up in the rural South, 
retired United Methodist Bishop, Will Willimon, did not know that his hometown of Greenville, South Carolina, sat at the heart of racial tensions in the South. After leaving home at the age of 18 and arriving at Woodford College, during a meeting with an academic advisor, Willimon learned of the lynching of Willie Earl. Earl had been arrested on trumped-up charges. He was dragged from his jail cell by vigilante cab drivers guided by racial hatred, and Earl was killed. Earl was executed in what theologian James Cone describes as the modern-day equivalent of being nailed to a cross. And if you were wondering, Earl's killers were white, they confessed to what they did, and they were not convicted of their crimes in a court of law. That's um, awful. Willimon remembers saying upon hearing this story that had been kept from him by family members, friends, well-meaning church people, and a community unwilling to come to grips with its past. Awful? That there was a lynching? Or awful that they never told you that folks in your hometown did it? His advisor replied. And so we ask, how long, O Lord? How long will the shock of removing the veil of ignorance continue? How long will our ignorance continue? Psalm 13 is the cry of black Americans, writes Jesuit priest Mario Powell. We have been crying out this question for centuries, he continues, but we cannot cry it alone anymore. Until you grow close to our suffering, until it fills your eyes and ears, your minds and your hearts, until you jump up on the cross with black Americans, there can be no Easter in America. The difficulty with prayers of lament is that it can feel as though the good news of Jesus Christ, the Easter celebration, is as far away as the day when Dr. King's dream becomes a reality. The good news is that the object of our prayers and lamentations is the one who made the shadow-laden journey to the cross. And when death, the consequence of our sin, seemed to have won the day, the, this one asked Mary, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? The help that we expect, the help we so desperately need, does not come from ourselves. The track record of human history tells us this to be true, and yet time and time again, we look to ourselves to write that which we continue to taint because of our sin. Cries of lament are our turning toward God, acknowledging our humanness, acknowledging our sin, and then opening ourselves to being transformed. It is in being transformed that we can act first by setting aside empty platitudes like, racism is too much, it's too big, let's let go and give it to God. And then second, 
We can actively work to correct generations of harm that was done in Christ's name through supposed acts of mercy, mercy and compassion. The very things the church has been called to do since the disciples were called away from their fishing nets and their families. The transformation that is to come. The coming reality of Dr. King's dream. The fulfillment of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It is a gift to us by the one to whom we pray. The one who is actively working to transform his body and the one who assures us we are never beyond the reach of his grace. So we ask, how long, Lord? Amen.